Hello, welcome into In the Pocket Across the Pond. Looking ahead to week nine, week nine already. It's really flying by. As always this week, we talk about the winners and losers of the previous week, what teams are really good. Can, can anybody tell me what team is good in the NFL this year? We also look at the players who absolutely blew up, C.D. Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown again, and the players who didn't do too well. Uh, I'm looking at you, Raiders. We also talk about some really, really hot news. Uh, Speaking of the Raiders, a lot of coaching sackings and uh, some player acquisitions at the trade deadline. And then we look at a bit of a mid-season review, talking about who our fantasy MVP is halfway through the regular season, who we think the real-life MVP is, and if our Super Bowl picks have changed. And then, as always, we look at our projection beaters, the guys with feet you should pick up on waivers, and we look ahead to the next week's games. Plenty of stars this week. Patrick Mahomes, Chet Johnson, Tyreek Hill. It's going to be a great week. I'm Lewis. I'm joined by Alex and Alex, as always. If you want to get in touch with us, email us at inthepocketacrossthepond at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at inthepocketacrossthepond. And you guessed it, this is In The Pocket Across The Pond. So lads, a bit of a change this week. We're uh, first time this season we are recording all remotely. When none of us are together, so if you notice a change, you know, in let's say changing the chemistry between me and Lou, that's you know, like like maybe we have some for once. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason for Only it. Ways up. Uh, yes. Um, but let's get straight into those week eight games. Blockbuster week, no one on buys, and I thought this was best red zone of the year. Do you agree so far? Yeah. Definitely up there. Yeah. yeah. Loads, loads of fantasy points scored, some really good games. Um mm. aside from that one in New York. Uh yeah. Oh yeah. Um well I just want to Start off by saying I hope none of our listeners watched the Jets versus Giants, the Jags versus Steelers, or the Texans versus the Panthers. If they did, we probably lost those listeners because they're done with mm. the NFL. Um, Mis- but, sorry, mistakes. Well, I, I mean, apart from the one in New Jersey. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, but where else to start than cue the yeehaw? yee-haw! It's the Rams 20... 43 Cowboys, and this is this is what happens when the Cowboys play at home. When the Cowboys mm. play inside, yeah. when the Cowboys play on turf, it's like a track meet, though that defensive line is just so fast. You can't stop them. Um, if there was any, what I would say is, if there was any incentive for the Cowboys to be like, we need the number one seed because no one is coming to here and winning, and Wherever the Super Bowl is, look, we'll worry about the Super Bowl when we get there. Um, it's after this week. I mean, I thought that was pretty damn impressive. But what did you think, resident Cowboys hater Alex Shackles? Oh, a, a very good win. I don't think anyone was uh, was too surprised. Um, would have maybe liked to see the Rams put up a few more points. Again, Cooper Cup going by the wayside. But I mean, 
after two quarters, it was done. I mean, I'm 33-7, 33-9 at halftime, was it? I mean, at that point, it was just over, and it was sort of a matter of how much it was going to be. C.D. Lamb, finally, drafted him in the third round. No, sorry, second round. This this was his welcome to the party moment. Uh, 45 points or so. Unbelievable. Let, let's have more than this. I mean, obviously, it's the Cowboys, so they'll find a way for the wheels to fall off, but right now, let's <laughs> keep throwing C.D. Lamb the ball. Incorrect. Only, only if only if only if people like the Cardinals cheat against them. If more teams do what the Cardinals <laughs> did. Yeah. What do you reckon, Lou? Yeah, great. Most dominant performance of the week. You know, even felt even better when you had, you know, these these better teams losing as well. The Chiefs, the 49ers, because it was a bit like, well, who are the good teams then? Well, it's the Cowboys. Yeah. And you know, I'm yeah. we're Cowboys fans, Al, but. I'm just thinking in my head, like, who? I think, I you know, I think Dallas Cowboys at home is is the toughest matchup to go to if you're a team. I'm not saying they're unbeatable at home, but I think they are a tough, tough team to play in Jerry World, which, as you say, is even more incentive to be like, let's get home field advantage because if the Cowboys have home field advantage going into the playoffs, wow, that is that is great. That is fantastic mm. for them. Um, or, or, I mean, it's down to the turf as well, isn't it? But no, at home with those fans, with that, with with that field, yeah. Tell me, who beats them. Yeah, I mean, it's, speaking of hard places to go, I would have said um, Levi Stadium was a really hard place to go, and I think it still is. But Joe Cool's back, back in town. Mm. The Bengals kind of wiping the floor with the Forty Niners. Um, I'm going to speak about it later on in the podcast about my feelings on what this means for the Bengals and the fantasy pieces going forward. Uh, but let's just say I think the arrow is definitely pointing up. Would you agree, Lou? Yeah, definitely. It's funny. The Bengals do this every year, and every year they seem to leave it. Uh, they seem to either leave it a little bit further into the season or they play even worse at the start of the season to mm. convince us that, okay, they're done, wheels have fallen off. And then, you know, it gets to sort of a third of the way through the season and then they just look amazing again. Um, I don't think that game against the 49ers was ever in doubt. The Bengals always looked like they were going to win that game. Um, and that is yeah. scary for the Ravens. Really, yeah. and the other teams in the AFC. Yeah. Now, Chapels, talk to me about the 49ers. And I'll just tell you, I've got a theory, first of all. I think when they signed Christian McCaffrey last year, they made a bit of a deal with the devil. <laughs> and this devil said, you can sign Christian McCaffrey and he will make your offense complete, completely unstoppable and nuclear. But next season you will lose two and and it just said Ohio team, and they didn't check the they didn't check the schedule. They didn't realize that yeah. they were playing two Ohio teams back to back weeks, and yeah. that's why we get two losses. That's yeah. the only way I can describe this seemingly unstoppable San Francisco team of two weeks ago losing two straight games. What what do you reckon? Yeah, I think I think the injuries are starting to pile up for them as well, and yeah, it is three uh, three in a row. Um, oh three apologies three yeah yeah um, yeah I just yeah I, I think the injuries piling up obviously we know about Debo I mean we don't really mention it as much on this with it not being a, 
fantasy, not being too fantasy relevant, but obviously the O-line, Trent Williams, who's an absolute monster, um, he's injured as well. Um, McCaffrey coming off the oblique, Purdy got a little knock. I, I'm still I'm still struggling to, to be too worried about them long term. Um, I still think they're a great team. The offense is scary. Defense is scary. And also just added Chase Young at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. uh, the pass rusher from the commanders. I personally think that's Think that's the move. I can see that you pulling a face, Lou. He was number two pick for a reason. I think he's. I think. I think that'll be a really nice addition. Um, I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm still more positive about the Niners than I'm the Bengals going forward. Personally, uh, I think. I, I still think there's a few more losses in the Cincinnati team, whereas I think the Niners will will push on. But all I can put it down to is is injuries because, like you say, when you look at the team on paper, it's absolutely stacked, and they should be realistically about seven and. Seven and one, based based on who they've got, but yeah, I don't know. Some sometimes, like you say, the, the stars don't allow right. Maybe they did make a deal with the devil, um, but all I know is McCaffrey tied yeah. the record for seventeen games <clears throat> in a row with a touchdown, something like that. So he did indeed. I mean, he did indeed. Maybe worth making a deal with the devil because he's an absolute. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I, you see. I saw something strange on Sunday morning which didn't make any sense to me until later in the day. So obviously we've got to talk about the Broncos beating the Chiefs, but when the Broncos beat the Chiefs, when I woke up on Sunday morning and saw the pig flying over my house, it all made sense, you know. Because um, the Broncos beat... Patrick Mahomes was sick. He was sick. <laughs> <laughs> He was sick. He was as sick as Bijan Robinson a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, what happened though? Apart, like, so first of all, we were promised this amazing snow game, and it was like an yeah. avalanche of snow an hour before kickoff, and then they kicked off, and there was not a not a single speck, not a single snowflake <laughs> to be seen. Um, yeah. What 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 on earth happened, Luke? I think, um, listen, the Bron- the Broncos are, are, are pretty rubbish, but I feel like that 70-point loss has inflated the stats. That defence is not as bad as the stats seem, and they've definitely gotten better. Um, so, you know, it, it looks like a skewed matchup, really. Like, whoa, the Dolphins put up 70 points. Mahomes is going to put up 60 on them or whatever like that. It's like, no, it's not the case. They're a better defense than that. Plus, I mean, there's ebbs and flows. You know, the 49ers are, are in a bit of a bit of that right now. Um, you know, this this Chiefs team, you know, maybe a combination of Denver being at home, being a bit riled up for the game, Mahomes not being fully at it, fully himself. Um, stuff like this can happen and these Chiefs games all year have been quite cagey and low scoring even the ones when they've won so you know it's going to happen it's not really soured me on the Chiefs but good for the Broncos fair enough that was a good win I'll tell you you what the problem was Lou it's on the last episode you forecasted that Mahomes would get at least four touchdowns did I? Oh yeah, trick or treat segment. Trick yeah, or yeah. treat. You said it was a lovely treat. <laughs> it actually had razor blades in it, Lou. Yeah. See, that oh, was no. me playing a trick on all of you listeners. <laughs> I was going deep into the trick or treat segment. Right. Well, well, we'll speak about us playing a trick on the listeners in a little bit. It, it will become clear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, 
the Chiefs do this every year. They'll have a weird loss here and there, and they'll still end up finishing on twelve and four, twelve and five, twelve and five. It would be, wouldn't it? Seventeen yeah. game season. I have to say though, I do yeah. agree with Lou. I think they have looked shaky this year. I mean, for them to be six and two is a little bit deceiving. It reminds me a little bit of that Titans team from a couple of years ago that finished. Was it thirteen and four? Or fourteen and yeah. three in the regular season, yeah, and, and, and it then, was like they could have they could have had like seven more losses in that. Like with the, with the Chiefs, they have they have they've been close in a few games. I mean, I'm sure they'll get it together. Obviously, trust trust the Andy Reid process. I think Taylor Swift wasn't in the audience, which by all accounts is having an effect on Travis Kelsey's yardage. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a little bit little bit worried about the Chiefs. I do have to say. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, well, elsewhere, plenty of high-scoring games. We had the Bucks 18-24 Bills, Eagles 38-31 Commanders, Falcons 23-28 Titans, Patriots 17-31 Dolphins, Saints 38-27 Colts, Browns 20-24 Seahawks, Ravens 31-24 Cardinals. Great weekend for NFL scoring, for fantasy scoring. Um, Chargers and Lions back on track as well. And uh, a player for the Lions, who I'm sure we'll speak about soon. But our categories, impressive victory, Lou. Okay, boys, most convincing win of the week. Looked fantastic. Okay, boys, all day. Oh, shuffles. Um, I, I went for more of the, an individual player, uh, but Will Levis on his debut, absolutely slinging it. It's impressive. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to carry on. I'm not saying he's going to do it again. But I mean, he was just—he was just hurling mm. that ball like he was playing in the garden. So yeah, Titans yeah. and Will Levis for me. Yeah. yeah, I wish that I wish the listeners could could see the face that I was pulling then. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Cowboys as well. Uh, and speaking of Will Levis, my not buying it win is the Titans. Um, I may as well just say the whole Will Levis spiel now. I don't. I don't. I'm not. Su- I'm not that impressed. The guy's got a big arm. We knew he had a big arm. The first touchdown pass to me was, uh, and I'm no expert. I'm no expert whatsoever. I'm just saying what I saw. Say what you see. Um, offensive pass interference. The ball. Okay, he. Okay, he's thrown it. He's thrown, <laughs> he's thrown it. He's thrown it. Okay, inbounds, which is good because the route from uh, what's. Um, Hopkins was awful because he was basically out of bounds, but he's pulled the D, the DB away and gone and got the ball, which was kind of, kind of nowhere near him. Uh, I don't know what the uh, the the Falcons were playing at for the second touchdown, but the ball was behind Hopkins again. Um, a, a bunch of throws that were kind of all over the place, and and he just seemed pretty rushed. Um, the the the, the the last two touchdowns were all right, but again, it was a bit like there's just a wide open Deontay Hopkins. If you look at the third touchdown, the move that Hopkins... And this is our... Sharples, you're waiting for this. This is my sincere apology to DeAndre Hopkins for saying he was washed because the move that he puts on the DB for that third touchdown is unbelievable. He just... He runs towards him. He kind of hesitates for a second, sees the DB come towards him and then just puts his foot on the gas and he's wide open. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I just, I just think it's a, it's a team that didn't know what they were getting in Will Levis in terms of the Falcons' defense. The guy's got a big arm. He kind of threw it up there, not particularly accurately, but 
high enough that someone could run underneath it. And uh, I want to see the death stir that did Ryan it four times. I want to see the death stir that oh, Ryan Tannehill gave great. these wide receivers when they when they were when they, when they go in they go into the um, to the locker room after that game and all the receivers are like, "Wait, yeah, wide open," and Ryan Tannehill's just sat in the corner stirring them down because he's like, "You weren't this <laughs> open." at any point this year for me. And they all sort of like scurry past him really awkwardly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not... I, 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 I hope Will Levis makes me eat my words, but I wasn't like completely blown away. It just seemed like... It seemed like a pro day where, where guys kind of like throw like a 70-yard Hail Murray to someone that's got no one guarding him. But yeah, anyway. Lou, not by anyone. <clears throat> I go for the New York Jets, just because I'm not having, not having this. Zach Wilson won the game at 24 seconds. Yep, yeah, no problem. Like I'm not having it. <clears throat> Jets were 0 and 12 on third down. They only converted the first third down just before the two minute warning of the fourth quarter. They had 11 punts in the game. You know, Wilson saved his stats at the end of the game, sure, and in overtime, whatever. But Again, looked terrible. His ball security was terrible. The only reason the Jets happened to win the game is because the Giants were somehow even more awful on offense than them. So, yeah, the Jets. Shuffles. And also, uh, they Ray Finkled it at the end as well. Yeah. They did. Um, that uh, that game nearly uh, tied the record for most punts in a game. I think it was two or three away. There was 20... <sighs> Four, I yeah, say, and there was the there was like over, there was over a thousand yards worth of punts. Yeah, I mean, great game for the for the punters watching. You know, fantastic game for the yeah. punters. Like, yeah, aspiring punters. Yeah, the uh, the Tressway fans of the league. Are you talking about just general fans, like as in punters? Or yeah, yeah, people? and like young young <laughs> up and coming punters. Here you go, lads. That's how you do yeah. it. No, but I'm talking like you know your, your punter that you that goes down the pub. You know the yeah uh, the, 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 the well. British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, for not buying it, I went for the Bengals, which might be uh, a bit controversial based because you guys seem pretty positive on them. I'm not saying they're not going to kick on from here. It's just I'm not ready to just jump back on that train just yet. So I want to give it a couple more weeks. Um, so yeah, Bengals. Um, worst team in the league. I'm going to say it's the Giants. What are you going to say, Lee? Uh, I, I was also going to say Giants, but but I'm going to change it up and say Raiders for reasons that will be delved into. I mean, the Raiders and the Giants both they've like they've both only scored over like 18 points one time this this season. They're both terrible. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll go Raiders. Chaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went Raiders as well. Um, like you say, Lou, both terrible. However, the Raiders are also miserable. So, <laughs> and the Raiders like I'm not having this like like I, I'm sorry if this is me being ignorant, but like Max Crosby, he's one of the biggest like <clears throat> one of the biggest trash talkers in the league. Quite a dirty player as well, which is all right if you can back it up. But it's like NFL doing these posts about Max Crosby, like, oh, beware Max Crosby tonight. It's like, yeah, stop getting 40 points dropped on you and maybe people will be scared of you, mate. Come on. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Crosby's a good, a, a, a good player, but that defense is, the defense is shocking. That the 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 most egregious thing about that coaching staff that isn't there anymore is that they just weren't good at anything. The team wasn't good at anything. Um, they were good. Speaking at being of bad. people who, speaking mm. of people who are good though, weekly top five at each position: quarterback Sam Howell, number one; Allen Prescott, Burrow, and Hurts at number five. Levis, Herbert, and Dobbs with good games. Um, well, Dobbs with a good fantasy game, I should say. Mm. Um, running back, Jameer Gibbs has been unleashed. Mm. Whoa. Um, quick take on Jameer Gibbs. Is he still really good starter every week when Montgomery comes back? Yes or no, Lou? Yeah. Chapels. You still start him every week, but he won't hit those heights because Montgomery right. is a is a renowned touchdown thief. Yes, McCaffrey at two, the Gus Buscus Edwards at three. Uh, Alvin Kamara is playing great at the minute. He was four, and Travis Etienne five. Austin Eckler with a nice game as well. CD Lamb had a day as the number one wide receiver. Hopkins, we've apologised to the man. AJ Brown's having a year. Tyreek Hill. Hit a thousand yards on the season, uh, and Jamar Chase as well. But elsewhere, Waddle, Dotson, Shahid, Cheeky Gabe, Devon Smith, Jameson Crowder still playing apparently. Jameson uh, Crowder, Jordan Addison, yeah, uh, and tight end McBride, Kittle, Taysom Hill, T.J. Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, um, Komet and Joku, Kincaid, Engram, and Thomas. You know, tight end scoring. Pretty, uh, that McBride pretty game, league. wow. No Kelsey, though. Yeah. yeah. McBride, 10, no Kelsey's 10 receptions, 95 yards, a touchdown, 14 targets. Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but the busts. Alexander Madison, I mean, this is par for the course for Madison. I don't think he's a very good... Maybe, maybe Dalvin Cook was really, really is washed this year because he must have been incredible at the Vikings because these lot cannot run the ball. Or mm. maybe Alexander Madison's just terrible. Tony Pollard, this was a hard one because the, the Cowboys put up so many points and played so well, but they just didn't need him. Mahomes was sick, as we said. He was sick. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Devontae Adams, uh, I'm sure we'll get into, but... He did not enjoy his game. Neither did Jacoby Myers in the same game. Aaron Jones, really not great. I had to double-check that Aaron Jones didn't leave the game or something. But no, just didn't get used. Um, Lamar Jackson, good win for the Ravens, but not a great fantasy day. And, oh boy, Miles Sanders. <laughs> Drop him. Get out. He's done. Mm, there's, a bad, there's, a, uh, there's a bad, bad deal um, bad kind of acquisition by um, by the the Panthers. It's Chuba Hubbard. Miles Sanders is a bad player, which is so sweet for me because I think I've already said on the podcast how a few years ago he single handedly um, knocked me out of uh, the the fantasy playoffs. So yeah, and but, then um, kept me out of it the following year after when I drafted him second round. I hate you, Miles. <laughs> Heading for the booth. There's a couple couple quarterbacks I've got here that I don't think are going to be playing anywhere next year. I'm going to go with the one that I think has got the face for television. He's got the smooth charm. 
Jimmy G. Oh, Jimmy G. Yeah, I, I think he's got a smooth voice. He's got a, he's got he, you know he's got the lovely face to when we pan back up to the booth and we we're talking. You know, he's pretty suave. Mm. I, I I'd listen to Jimmy G talk about some some Monday night football, some Thursday night football. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lou, do Definitely. you agree? Yeah, I you know I I I was going to go Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill's got a bit more of a rugged charm. You know, he's a bit more of a journeyman, um, which is what you know what we like on it in our color commentators. Maybe not the prime time ones, but you know it might flick to a red zone game, um, and there's a random commentator, and then Ryan Tannehill's in the booth. You know what I mean? Like a bit of a Matt Ryan this year. Um, these guys are done. They are done. We're complimenting <laughs> them. Uh, they are done. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big time, big time. Um, well, let's look at last week's projection beers, shall we? So, I mean, clearly Sharples won. Clearly Sharples has won because um, it was ridiculous to say this out loud, but Sharples' tight end pick, tight end, scored a 30-yard rushing touchdown and threw an interception. <laughs> wild card. <laughs> wild card, yeah. Wild card. So, Taysom Hill, big time hit. I assume you're going to put Taysom Hill in again. John Addison, <laughs> hit. Um, Derek Henry, nice game, not quite a hit. And Gardner Minshew, he had a, a passable game. You, you were fine if you played Minshew. Um, Lou Prescott went off 28 fantasy mm. points as did Gus Edwards, 29 fantasy points. Christian Kirk, unfortunately, a quiet game for him. Uh, and Dolan Schultz was a bit of a bust as well, unfortunately. Mm. Um, Jared Goff, just not a miss for me. It was a disappointing game by Goff, but as we saw, Gibbs got all the work there, the running back. Uh, Brees Hall, yeah, 21 fantasy points. Deontay Johnson was a, a couple of uh, decimal places away from being a hit. He had a nice game, and as Ooh. I predicted... Deontay Johnson's the number one at the Steelers. I said this. He's a target machine. Um, and Evan Ferguson caught a, a, a lovely, lovely touchdown right down the middle. Prescott. Prescott was just peppering the end zone from like anywhere within the 35, anywhere within 35 yards. It was uh, nice to see some aggressiveness. But we've got a bit of a bumper news section, haven't we, Lou? We do, just because we've got quite a lot of injuries. And also, it was the trade deadline as well. Um, we'll start with the injuries. Kirk Cousins, this is gutting. Kirk Cousins, torn Achilles. He's done for the year. Maybe done in Minnesota um, because of the way his contract is, is, is working. Listen, the, the Vikings record sort of goes against this. But if you just look at Cousins' numbers... He was playing MVP caliber football, really. If you look at the numbers, he was. He was having a great year, and this is gutting um, for Cousins and for that team. But yeah, Cousins is he's done for the year. Matthew Stafford exited the Rams game with a thumb injury, UCL sprain uh, in his in his throwing hand thumb, and he's considered day to day. So definitely monitor that one. Uh, Kenny Pickett left the Steelers game near half time with a rib injury after a, a pretty big hit. Um, apparently he's questionable going into the Thursday night game, but he says he's good to go. So there you go. Uh, Desmond Ridder, this is an interesting one exited the Falcons game with an apparent concussion, but passed all concussion tests at halftime and was cleared to return, but he didn't. 
return. Um, yeah. Arthur Smith opting to roll with uh, Till Heineke, the backup um, for and Heineke was better, more efficient, really. I, lo- um, I love the thought. I love the thought of like all the doctors being like, "Yeah, he's, he's passed with flying colours. He doesn't have even a trace of a concussion." And Arthur Smith's like, "I've just got a bad so feeling on this." No, <laughs> Arthur Smith's like, "So he's concussed. Sorry. I have yeah, a yeah, concussion. Yeah, doctors yeah. Are, I know he can play." I hear no, you. he can, he def- can, he can definitely play. He can definitely play. I just want to be really sure about this. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We're telling you, he's cleared to play. He's he's on the bench. Got you, loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. He's um, running onto the field. I've yeah. just, just tackled, just tackled him. Tackled <laughs> <laughs> him. Yeah. It's for your own good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tyrod Taylor, quarterback for better quarterback for the Giants, left the game in the second quarter, also with a rib injury. He was taken to the hospital but discharged the following day. Um considered week to week, but Daniel Jones is going to be back this week. So Can I can I just say by the way, sorry Lou, the, the Falcons news, that means that means Heineken's in, doesn't it? Good old Well we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right. Okay, sorry. If you leave me to it, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to chat about about Heineken. Christmas yes, team. I've got a little joke as well, but whatever. <laughs> okay. um, Darren Waller in the Giants game was also ruled out uh, early, very early, with a hamstring injury. Always has hamstring injuries, so this isn't good. Apparently, it isn't even the same hamstring injury that was, that hampered him sort of at the start of the season as well. Um, who knows? But uh, yeah, apparently Darren Waller has more than one hamstring on his right leg. Um, you, I don't think you know enough about anatomy to make that joke. <laughs> I don't. I was telling the joke and I was like, you very well could. Could have like 10. <laughs> so ignore me. Uh, and then another gutting one, really. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver for the Patriots, suffered a torn ACL in the loss to the Dolphins. He's done for the season. Real shame because Bourne was having a nice season and looked Not like good. the go-to option in New England. And now New England are stuck again with with no real standout wide receivers. Um, and that's it for the injuries. Moving on to the news, we obviously we had the trade deadline this week. A couple of notable moves: the Vikings trade for Josh Dobbs which I think is a confusing one because yes Josh Dobbs has been a fine player for Arizona he, he is he is decent but number one uh, the Vikings have Nick Mullins who the pretty you know the, the, they like quite a lot as the backup and he obviously knows that offense very well and number two uh, you aren't winning a Super Bowl with Josh Dobbs or Nick Mullins so I mean Obviously, you, you do like to see you like to see teams still competing, still playing. But I don't get why you'd give up stuff to go and get Josh Dobbs when you when you already have a backup there who who is going to do you a serviceable job. Interesting move for me. I'm not really sure what to make of it. Just a quick, quickly on that, lads. What do you think about that? Um, I think that it's you know all credit to um to Josh Dobbs for. For kind of showing what he's shown in Arizona, but yeah, the way you put it, Lou, it's a bit like just go and uh, go and get you the highest draft pick you can, maybe. Yeah, but also even even but even if you just want to have a bit more integrity than that, you've got a 
guy Nick Mullins who knows the offense, who's been the backup there for a few years now. I don't, I don't really understand the logic to, logic of giving away future picks for a guy who is going to compete for the starting job. I mean, we, it's already been said that Josh Dobbs isn't starting this week, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Lions have traded with the Cleveland Browns for Donny Peeps J. You know, probably because of Marvin Jones um, being out, they've gone and got Donny Peeps J. Good receipt, Donovan Peoples Jones, by the way. <laughs> good, good player. I like this move. He's a, he's a good player. That is a really nice wide receiver room now for the Lions. Maybe a little bit unnecessary, but you know, whatever. Um, and then the 49ers trade a third round pick to the Commanders for Chase Young. Now, I, I think that third round says all you need to know about how he did not live up to the hype in Washington, really. A mid-round pick for this guy, for a number two overall pick, just shows you... I've said this in the past, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bum or anything like that, but he has not lived up to the hype. Maybe he gets behind a more cohesive defensive scheme and a better organisation, it brings out the best in him. Hope it does for the guy, but at this moment in time, third rounder, yeah, you could, some people are going to be making the argument that the that the commanders got, you know, absolutely fleeced, highway robbery, whatever. That's what they valued him as, and they're the guys who see him week in, week out. So, you know. Likewise, it, th- three years after drafting a guy, is it three or two years after drafting the guy second overall, they value him as a third rounder. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, just a bit more news as well. The Raiders, the fired head coach, mm. Josh McDaniels, and GM, Dave Zagler. Um, whoa, there we go. And they've also <laughs> said rookie Aidan O'Connell has he's going to be the starter moving forward. So, Caleb Williams, start looking for houses in Vegas, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, McDaniels is just an awful head coach. Terrible. Shocking. Bad. Um, he, I mean, I know, but like, they they gotta pay the guy for another four years. Wow. Like, okay, there we go. Sit back on that, Josh McDaniels, and then crack open a cold one. Get the ice, the, get the ice buckets out, guys. Crack open a cold Heineken. Oh, that was <laughs> because that was the joke. Because the Falcons named Taylor Heineken, the starting quarterback. Um, this very vague situation similar to last year with Marcus Mariota as well when Ritter actually came in and became the starter mm. very vague you know it's all sort of a bit like oh well Ritter he's, he's not really concussed but he is but we're going to keep him out just in case um, and we're going to put Heineke it's really strange Taylor Heineke I think is a better player anyway so mm-hmm. here we go I mean yeah Heineken can sling it, absolutely. He can sling it. He can. Um, I wonder if um, Belichick's going to welcome McDaniels back with open arms. What do you think? Yeah, because they all come crawling back. To, they all come crawling and crying back to Bill. It's mid-season review time. We've been through eight weeks of the 2023 NFL season. And I want to know... First of all, lads, 
who your current fantasy MVP is. We'll start with you, Sharples. Um, I thought this was a bit of a tough one because it's, it's one of them, it's like, how do you interpret it? Is it a guy that was drafted low and has been unexpectedly good or is it just the you know the out-and-out leaders? So, you know, a few people are considered uh, Puka Nakua, uh, Moster, currently sitting at RB3, absolute madness. But in the end, I just thought, who's the guy that I want on my team most? And Tyreek Hill. Um, obviously, for, first round pick, but he was going towards the end. I think he was probably going... Six, seven, eight slot. So, you know, I think unless you maybe you drafted McCaffrey in those opening picks, you're probably disappointed with who you picked if you didn't take him. It's just unbelievable. Mm. Uh, he's obviously number one wide receiver, averaging around about 26 points a game. Uh, yeah, what more can I say? He's, he's the one, he's the person that I want most on my mm. team, and he's the person that I fear most when I play them because you know he's just going to erupt every week. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a boring one. Uh, but Tyreek Hill for me. I'm going to go Travis Etienne. And maybe this is because I've got Travis Etienne on a team and every week for the past month I've looked and he's just gone completely off and won me my matchup that week. But, I mean, he's averaging 20 points a game and that's with a down week in week two. But you look at his, his, his fantasy points from the past four weeks, 36, 23, 22, 25. He looks incredible as well. Apparently, he was questionable to return on Sunday. Then all of a sudden you saw him running a touchdown and a two-point conversion um, it was a second round pick. I think he was about maybe a, a mid to late second round um, fantasy pick. And he's currently the running back two. We know that McCaffrey's going to be the running back one if he's on the field. Um, so, yeah, I just think ETN's been a bit of a revelation. For me as well, who kind of wrote him off a little bit before the season, I've just been super impressed and super kind of surprised by what ETN's shown. Look, Yeah. I mean, as you were sort of alluding to at the beginning, Shapples, like it's easy to pick sort of. I think it's easy to pick McCaffrey or Hill or AJ Brown for this pick. You know, guys who are undeniably having an amazing season, but you drafted those guys in the top 15 picks. You know, they were drafted to be elite top five of the positions that's what's expected and I think it's also easy to go for these borderline undrafted stars like Moster, Nakua, Thielen who've been you know incredibly valuable for your team but you know those players you didn't risk anything when you drafted them or picked them up and they just end up being an incredibly pleasant surprise like oh I've got an elite player out of nowhere so I wanted to go for a player who you drafted as a starter but wasn't a superstar um, or a surefire hit, but you just hope they were going to exceed their ADP and truly break out. So I've also gone Travis Etienne. Yeah. Um, drafted in the third round, 28th overall was the ADP, running back 10. Currently the running back 2, 7th in total fantasy points across all positions, including quarterback, you know, um, averaging 20.49 points per game. And I think this form's sustainable. I think ATN's going to be easily a top five, maybe a top three guy rest of season. You know, and if this doesn't exemplify him as the MVP more, tell me what does. These are the guys drafted around him in terms of ADP. Ramandre Stevenson, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, Joe Mixon. Mm. Yeah. Do I need to say more than that? This guy's yeah. the fantasy MVP. He had the whole Tank Bigsby thing before the season, and yeah. ETN can only yeah. do a certain thing, which a lot of us, like me included, bought into. Um, yeah, he's been he's been great. Real life MVP. 
Mm. Who who's your favourite to win it so far at this moment in time, Lou? Real life MVP. <laughs> this is really a really difficult one because it's gonna it's gonna be a bloody quarterback, isn't it? It's always a quarterback. I've written like five names here. Um but I'm I'm just gonna go for the one that I ended up seemingly writing the most convincing argument for. Um this is, you know, maybe some fantasy sort of stuff, but whatever. I've gone Christian McCaffrey. Um because 944 total yards so far. That's 31% of his entire team's offensive yards. Um, almost a third of the team's yards go through McCaffrey. That is ridiculous. 13 total offensive touchdowns. That is 50% of the 49ers' offensive touchdowns. Here, here's one for you, lads. What do the Giants, Jets, Steelers, Buccaneers, Titans, Patriots, Panthers, Raiders, Falcons, and Bengals all have in common? They have less yards than Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> no, no, they all have fewer offensive touchdowns than Christian right, McCaffrey. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Rushing yards, I yeah. mean, less rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, he leads the league in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, rushing first downs, even over Jalen Hurts and the Tush Push, uh, and running back receiving yards. This offense is Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think you could, you know, there's a couple more players, I guess, who, who I think one of you two might be talking about who you could say that about the team, but McCaffrey gets it done in all phases of this offense, and yeah, he's the one who I wrote the most convincing argument for, so I'm going to say McCaffrey should be the MVP. Sharps. And it's a great team, and he's on a great team. Okay. Sharples? Um, yeah, I don't personally agree with this one, but um, I interpreted this one as who do I think is going to win it? And so I think it'll be Jalen Hurts because he's the quarterback of what I think will be the team with the with the best record. Uh, I was looking at the the actual odds when I looked into it. Tua Tugavailoa is second favourite to win MVP at just mm. over four and a half to one, whereas Tyreek Hill, the person who is probably the reason that he's in the MVP conversation, is something like 50 to one. Uh, which I think is completely ludicrous. For me, if, if it was up to me, it would either be McCaffrey or Hill. Uh, I have to say Lou made a very convincing argument for McCaffrey then. Um, but yeah, in reality, it'll probably be the quarterback mm. of the team that finishes with the best regular mm. season record, which I think will be the Eagles. And therefore, even though he wasn't as good as last year, uh, it'll be Jalen Hurts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of want to echo a lot of what Sharple said in terms of the team with the best record and in terms of the reason why maybe the quarterback... Is doing so well. It's because it's because the quarterback touches the ball on every offensive play, pretty much, which is why it's like you know that they're the leading candidate for it because they do run the offense. All I, I all I'm saying with McCaffrey is you've got a player there who he feels like he touches the ball on every play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where was that? Yeah. Um, in terms of the the kind of player that is maybe the reason why the quarterback on the best team is so good. And to be honest with you, when I wrote, this is the first name that came to mind. And it, to me, it's not really close. I think the current real life MVP and the person who should win it is AJ Brown. Um, you know, we talk about Tyreek Hill being over a thousand yards. Well, AJ Brown's going to be over a thousand yards after this next week. And the Eagles are seven and one and Brown looks completely unstoppable. Uh, even when the Eagles' running game can't really get going like it could this past week, um, yeah, AJ Brown all the way for me. I'm afraid. 
I have to say. I got a little got a little stat about AJ Brown, which is actually Tyreek Hill can't even say this. Uh, AJ Brown accounts for forty six percent of his team's passing yards right now. Well, there we go. Thank you, back my point. I, yeah, I think AJ Brown has to be in consideration. Um, Super Bowl picks. I'm standing firm. Thankfully, after this past week, I'm sticking with Bengals versus Eagles, what I said at the start of the season, which, as I say, is a lot easier after this past week. Lou, Super Bowl, who's going? See, I would have great pleasure standing by my original pick, and the only reason I'm not doing is because it brings me even more pleasure to say that I'm changing one of these teams. Um, I'm still going with the Chiefs, but... It's going to be the Chiefs versus the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Oh, oh we're going to beat them as well. We're actually going to beat them and we're going to win the whole thing. Chapels. Chapels looking um, very, very, no, listen, very disapproving. I'm, I'm just going to enjoy it when you build your hopes up and hopes up and then you do empty shell of men the day afterwards. Well, actually, you're not even going to get to the Super Bowl, so I don't even know why I'm entertaining this. <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild theory. Um, I said it was going to be the Bills versus the Eagles. And I think that if the Bills play the Dolphins in the postseason, the Bills would win. So I'm going to stick firm as well and say it's going to be the Bills-Eagles. I love it. I love the conviction. And I love the utter just uh, <clears throat> blind optimism from Lou as well. <laughs> Can I still have a little bit of credit if it's the Chiefs 49ers? I'm, I'm just changing it just because I think we're going to win. That's why I'm changing it. You've got no I'm credit. standing strong. I, I, was, I, I was wobbling then. I was wobbling for a minute then. But no, no, no. Chiefs the play, Cowboys. The place where you've got no credit, and, and it, this kills me as a Cowboys fan, is that you don't have the Eagles in there for me. That's what you're doing, mate. <clears throat> anyway well you're going to see this week you're going to see this week why the Eagles aren't in there and the Cowboys are okay well anyway I, I mentioned us playing a trick on the audience before and at this mid-season review I want to I want to compare our projection beaters this year to last year oh, <laughs> no whoa. no we did do you really want to do that <laughs> we did change up the formula a bit this year so it's easier to get a bust and harder to get a hit. Um, so bear that in mind, everyone, please. This yes. time last year, we collectively had 18 misses or busts, including two gooses, uh, and 31 hits. Got them. Uh, Lou, you'd missed two weeks, by the way. You'd missed I two asked. weeks. I think, I, you, I think you got the gooses, though. Um, so that's 18 <laughs> miss, 31 hits. This year... We currently have 27 miss, so that's up by nine, and 20 hits, down by 11. (laughs) But luckily, it's time to admit that we played a big old prank on the audience with the projection beaters for the first week of the season. Got you, everyone. Mm -hmm. Ha-ha. And that joke's over now. So we can just do actual prop ones from now on. Agreed. And before we go any further, just want a quick shout-out to NFL Store and Fanatics. Uh, If you're after some NFL gear, maybe a jersey of your favourite team, no matter who that is, they stock the bad team's jerseys as well, Sharples, looking at you, Jets fan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe you want 
other merch, hoodies, caps, actual full-size collectible helmets, or clearance items, maybe a Chase Young Washington Commanders jersey. They've never been cheaper, I've heard. Um, you know, here in the pocket across the pond, we're very happy to bring you some promo codes to the listeners. Uh, use the promo code TOUCHBACK, all one word, all capital letters, 25% off your order. And promo code NFL free ship, all caps, all one word, to get free UK shipping. Uh, and if you go to the store via the link that will be in our description, we'll get a smidge of kickback from that as well. Um, yeah. Didn't that, That's NFL did, store, link yeah. in the description. Yeah. Do, does it seem like we should be getting paid for this based on that last section? Those. No. those... <laughs> <laughs> we'll NFL store, down. link in the description, on to week. Nine. Yes. Quick look at some waiver pickups. People that are rostered in less than 50% of ESPN leagues. Lou, who have you got? I'm going Josh Dobbs, because I was just railing on him just then a little bit. But, um, yeah, when, when he does eventually, I think, become the starter of the Vikings, I think that's good news for the receiving game. Josh Dobbs has proved to be a pretty fantasy-relevant player in Arizona, and he gets sort of arguably a better offense to play with here. So I think, you know, if you've lost Cousins, you, you might you not be able to plug him in straight away while he gets acclimatized, but I think Dobbs is worth a pickup. And then Demario <laughs> Douglas, who is sort of the only other... Uh, New England Patriots wide receiver has showed signs of life, especially in the last couple of weeks. He's had a couple of nice games, so Kendrick Bourne being out, Demario Douglas might, might be getting a bit more work. Traps? Uh, had to include my ride or die this week. Rostered in only 29.2% of leagues. Taysom Hill, tight end of the New Orleans Saints. It's getting to the point, lads, where it's not just a flash in the pan. The past three weeks, he's been... He's been improving, I think it was 12, 16, and then 20 points or so last week. It's starting to look like him in this wildcat formation is a certified part of the offense. And when, you, when you're putting someone like that in the tight end position, it's going to get you points. Um, so act on it now um, before everyone else does. And I'm sure, that, I'm sure people have got room on the bench for a lovely young man. Uh, I think Taysom Hill can be that young man. And... If they've also got room for a not very nice young man, but one who is undoubtedly a talented football player coming off a long injury, Kyler Murray, rostered <sighs> in 34% of leagues. He was supposed to come back in week 10, but rumours are he's been seeing Aaron Rodgers' doctor and he might be back in week 9. Listen, I don't know what you're going to get from him. I thought he was going to be my MVP last year and he was absolutely terrible. But he's had plenty of time to study film while he's being away. And like I said, un- undeniably... He's a great football player. We don't know what we're going to get. I mean, realistically, he, you might get him and he might do absolutely nothing. It, it might take until next season for to come back. But, you know what I mean? If you're circling the drain, you're a two and five, two and six, might as well take a point on him, see what you got. Yeah, well, the only worrying thing there is that he should have been studying film. But if you look at his Call of Duty account, he's about 10th prestige. Is that, is that a thing that is that was that is that a thing that, that was used a thing? To, was it? It was yeah, prestige yeah. when you unlocked everything and then you, you did went it back and then to the you start. Didn't have anything That's again. what prestige is, isn't it? Right. I'm not. Playing I don't think I ever. I'm not played Call of Duty in about a decade, so I was gambling with that joke. But I want to piggyback off that, Chapels, and say if we're kind of gambling on Murray playing, and I'll be honest, I'm not still not a hundred percent until I see him on the field that he's going to play this year, but. 
with the rumblings that are coming out of Arizona, I think it's worth preempting this and picking up Rondale Moore and Trey McBride. So obviously, Trey McBride tight end, uh, Zach Ertz is on IR, and McBride looked great last week anyway. But if Murray's in there, it's an upgrade for all the pass catchers. Hollywood Brown's everywhere. He should be rostered everywhere. Rondale Moore could uh, see some play. I think over Michael Wilson, I think Rondale Moore is the guy, um, mainly because he just doesn't sound like a made-up person. <laughs> Michael well, Wilson. I suppose. Yeah, Default Michael Wilson. character. Yes. I'm sure he's a very lovely man who has family that love him. Yeah, the Wilson family. <laughs> Assuming. Yes. <laughs> Teams on by this week. Jaguars, 49ers, Lions, Denver. Maybe the harshest bye week of the year for fantasy so far. Next week is harsher, though. I will say that. So it's the it's the year it's the time of year for for streaming options for thinking smartly. Um, so hopefully we're we're going to be able to to give you some players that you can stream. But first of all, of course, forget about it. It's the forget about it. It's these players that are locked into your lineup no matter what. Don't even think about it. If you have this person on your bench, you're stupid, or you're playing a four team league. So quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes. Not sick this week, but sick in the good way. Uh, Josh Allen mm. and Lamar Jackson. Forget about it. Running back, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs gets a bit of a boost of energy from the, the second. Johnny T's the biggest smash player of the week, I'm calling it. Uh, Brees Hall, Derek Henry, and Raheem Mostert. Forget about it. Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, another player that I expect a big bounce back from. Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, uh, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, and CD Lamb. Forget about it. And at the tight ends, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle, Laporta. For the good of the brand, Taysom Hill will never be a forget about it. We cannot condone <laughs> that. Forget about it. <laughs> but we'll get on to our projection, Peters. Players who we think are going to beat their ESPN projections by four or more fantasy points, as I say, becomes really pertinent in these weeks where we all need streamers, especially at the quarterback position. Sharples, who's yours? Uh, I've gone for Derek Carr, projected 14.5 points um, against a Bears team that is giving up the third most points to uh, fantasy quarterbacks. And I just think the New Orleans offense has come alive the past um, couple of weeks. Uh, I think they've scored at almost 40 in the, in the last last two games. The yardage is picking up. He's he's thrown for 300 yards in the past three games um, in a row. And I just think it's a it's a beatable score um, against a bad team. So what more has I said? Derek Carr against the Bears. Lou? I'm going to roll once again with Dak Prescott like I did last week. Uh, projected 17.4 fantasy points. Coming off the best game, uh, coming off his best game of the year so far, Prescott, yeah, I mean, he looked great, assured under centre. Uh, the game script for the Cowboys, doesn't, it sort of, it's flipped on its head a little bit, really. Um, it seems like they're more willing to hurl the ball out and throw it when they're playing with a lead, as opposed to, you know, a team would stereotypically control it with the ground game if that was the game script. But I don't think that is going to be what happens this week. Um, most important game of the season so far, away against the Eagles. It's going to be a tough matchup for the Cowboys to play from ahead in this game. Um, so 
that sort of made me hesitant to play to start Prescott, but I was looking at the numbers, and this season I'm not that hesitant to play him against the Eagles because they've been utterly dreadful against passing attacks. They're giving up 267 passing yards and two touch two passing touchdowns per game. Uh, almost 19 fantasy points a game, two quarterbacks. They're truly exploitable at secondary. Prescott has the weapons to take advantage of it. It'll be a, a tough task away from home, fierce divisional opponent, but you know we know the Eagles can put up yards and points. I'm backing the Cowboys to put up plenty of their own, primarily through the passing game. Nice, nice. I will just go back to Derek Carr really quickly. Obviously, it's a streaming week for quarterbacks, and Carr is the number one pickup on the sleeper fantasy app. So, people are mm. thinking like you are sharples on the whole. I think um, I'm going to go CJ Stroud though. Projected sixteen point two versus Tampa Bay. You know, Stroud's averaging sixteen point five fantasy points so far this year. Even after the down week this past week uh, versus the Panthers, in what you thought should have been a smash play, really, but instead he failed to throw a touchdown. Um, but we're not a luxury to wait and see this week. As I've mentioned, we need streaming quarterbacks with four teams on a bye week. So I think Stroud is a really strong one. Tampa Bay, they're not the defense that they were in previous years. They're allowing 17 fancy points a game to the quarterback position and the fifth most passing yards per game. Now, we know this Texans team are super pass heavy. We know that Stroud is really talented. And really, I don't think, as I mentioned, there are many more better streaming options kind of in terms of matchup, in terms of talent, in terms of opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I expect Stroud to have a really nice game and kind of look like he did in the first month of the season. Let's go uh, Let's go running back, Sharps. Uh, I've gone for uh, Richard White, running back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, projected 13.3 points. He's not really had a breakout game. He got he got twenty one points in week two, but just recently the past couple of games, the uh, the receiving work he's had has been unbelievable. Um, six and seven receptions respectively for sixty five yards and seventy yards. Um, it, it's just the the groundwork that's been that's been a little bit lacking. He's he's not he's not run for fifty yards yet in the in the last four games. But um, Houston are a middling to back end team um, against the run. And I just think when you've got that kind of uh, consistent volume um, in the in the receiving game, then you're in for a big week. 13.3, again, I think a beatable score. If we can just add a little rushing touchdown there, then I think we'll be smashing it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good week for Rashad White. Mm. Lou? I'm going with Tuba Hubbard. Uh, projected 9.4 points. It's crazy to me. That in a matchup against the Colts, who have been giving up over 28 points per game to teams, who just gave up three rushing touchdowns and a running back receiving touchdown to the Saints this week, that the starting quarterback on a team against them is only projected 9.4 fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hubbard's the starter for the Panthers. On the season, he has more rushing yards, rushing attempts, receiving yards, and receptions than Sanders. You know, even if you look at last week coming out of the bye, Sanders was cleared to play after he missed week six with an injury. It was Hubbard who got the overwhelming majority of the workload out of the backfield. Obviously, isn't working for Sanders in Carolina. Um, 
yeah, I, I would say that Hubbard is clearly the better back and now it looks as though he's been treated as such by, by the offence and by the team. So 9.4, is, a, is this projection a, a bit of a trap? You know, do people know something that we don't? All I know is Hubbard's a talented back. He's going to get the majority of the work. Uh, in a game against the Colts, who are producing absolute blockbuster games week to week because of their ability to score points and also concede points at a ridiculous rate, uh, the Colts are a team whose matchups you want to target and exploit. The over-under for this game is 44 points, and the Panthers are actually favoured by 2.5 points, giving them a healthy implied point total. I, I can't see how Hubbard isn't a really strong start this week. And I'm going to go Joe Mixon, projected 15.2 versus Buffalo. Um, I'm hoping for points in this one, especially from the Bengals, of course. And I do think Mixon gets in the end zone, mainly because he has 100% of this team's goal-to-go carries this season. I think it's about 11. Uh, Mixon is and has been, for several years, the guy in the running back room in Cincinnati. Plus, these are two teams going in opposite directions to me. The Bills haven't played particularly well in about a month. And a bottom seven, bottom ten, sorry, um, in rush defense. Whereas the Bengals, the heating up. There's a lot of fancy points to go around on this team. Uh, tight end, Chapels. Oh, you already know. Uh, projected a hefty, hefty six point seven. It's creeping up. It's creeping up. Yeah, it's creeping up. It was four point five, then five point five, and people are catching on. Um, yeah, no, my boy, uh, beautiful, sculpted from stone. Uh, is he going to receive a touchdown? Is he going to throw a touchdown? Is he going to rush it in? Is he going to kick a field goal? Who knows? All I know is Taysom Hill at Taysom this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blue. I'm going to go David Ajoku, projected 10.4. High projection, sure. Uh, pretty tough match again against the Cardinals, who, unlike every other season, the Cardinals have actually been pretty decent against opposing tight ends. But, Njoku seen 17 targets in the last two games and he's turned those targets into nine receptions, 131 yards and a touchdown. So I'm, I'm going to roll with the hot hand on picking Njoku this week as a solid starter at tight end. And I'm going to go Kate Otten. Uh Projected a modest 7.3 at Houston. Well, not so modest for tight end, I suppose. However, he is against the 30th ranked tight end defence uh, in the Texans. He's also had six targets in the previous two games, so I think he can definitely start this guy in a pinch. I would also like to say that, although he's not a forget about it, you should be starting Dalton Kincaid. His, his projection was a bit too rich for me this week, especially looking at those projection beta stats on the season so far. We need some hits. Um, start Dalton Kincaid, he looks like he's really... Well, because you've been bold enough to say that, Al, I think that if Dalton Kincaid doesn't Get, if he gets less than four points below his projection, you should get two. You misses. should get a miss this week. Okay, you I get a miss okay. because you've been bold enough to say that to the listeners. Okay, I won't take the hit when he's inevitably a hit, but I will take the miss if he's a miss. Um, Correct. But my tight end picks Cade Otten. Okay. Okay. Well, it sounds like you had Cade Otter two in there, really. Yeah. Cade Otten. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even say anything about King Cade. Uh, what a such an American Kincaid name. Kincaid Dalton, Dalton Kincaid. Say, sorry. Um, Dalton Kincaid is a very American name. Yeah. Um, I think Tank Bigsby is a very American name as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, something like 
Chet Johnson. He's not a player, but that would be an American. He Probably could not be, be from anywhere else. Surely there is a player out there called Chet Johnson. There will be, Lou. There will be. Um, anyway. Chad why? Johnson? Chad Ochocinco. Ochocinco. Um, <laughs> speaking of Ochocinco, wide receiver, Sharps. Yeah, I've gone for Chad uh, Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I think you mean Chet Johnson. Sorry, Chet Johnson. I think you mean Chet Johnson. Chet Johnson. Uh, Get it right. Fourth-tier wide receiver for the Falcons. Um, no, I've gone... Uh, I mean, going back to the Taysom Hill well was very fruitful. Uh, so I've gone back to the Jordan Addison well. I know, I know the quarterbacks Ooh. change. Listen, don't shout at me just yet. The quarterbacks change, but... His, his projection is reflecting that. He's projected a measly 12.5 points. All he has to do, 16.5 to beat that. He's coming off a 31er and a 21er. I know Kirk Cousins is gone. I know we're uncertain about the quarterback play, but you have to, when you see obscenely low projections like that, you have to attack them. I can't see him busting. He might not be the hit, but I think he's a safe bet. Uh, Jordan Addison um, for three touchdowns and 400 yards. Nice. I mean, if Cousins was still in there, Addison would probably forget about it, but I am yeah. very nervy to play him where I've got him, so bit of a confidence boost from Sharples there for Addison owners. Uh, Lou? I'm going Chet Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Tank Dell. Projected 11 points, wide receiver for the Texans. Dell missed a few weeks with injuries, and then it was the Texans' bye week. But came back last week in what was, yeah, a disappointing game for the Texans' offense. But his utilization was very promising. You know, saw four targets and three carries out of the backfield. So this team obviously likes him, knows that he has that explosive ability um, that he showcased earlier in the season. So they want to manufacture touches for, for the rookie. This week proves to be a much more favourable matchup uh, for the passing attack of the Texans, as you spoke about, Al, with your stride pick. Uh, they faced Tampa Bay, who over the past three weeks have allowed more receiving yards than anyone else in the league, giving up 299 yards per game through the air in that stint. Um, you know, as often with rookies specifically wide receiver rookies, uh, we see a post-bye week second half of the season break out from them. Given you know his chemistry that he showcased with Strayed already, uh, who is going to want to get back on track himself, I think this week's as good as any for that second half breakout to begin for mm-hmm. Dell in a very competitive but also exploitable matchup. Nice. And I'm going to go, let me just check... Uh... Falcons. <laughs> Chet Falcons wide receiver Chet. I'm going to go T. Higgins doubling down on the Bengals. Uh, T. Higgins versus Buffalo. I'll be honest, I originally had Zay Flowers here till really late on in the day, uh, but it came to a start, start sit decision in one of my own leagues, and now. I don't have Chet Johnson, so I had to think about either Zay Flowers or... <laughs> I have him. Yeah, exactly. So I had to... So I, traded, up... I traded Christian McCaffrey to Sharples for him. And, and what a win that was. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I picked Higgins over Zay Flowers in my own team. Um, so it meant I had to put Higgins here over Flowers. So why did I put Higgins in my lineup? Even though he's been super underwhelming this season, well... This Bengals offense, as I mentioned 
in my Joe Mixon argument, is heating up. Joe Cool is healthy, and he had by far his best completion percentage of the season this past week against San Francisco, who are a really good defense and a really good team. This completion percentage is key. So, although Higgins hasn't had the greatest season so far, if you if you look at his targets, he's actually averaging higher than he has in his career. He's on about eight, whereas he's had around seven targets uh, the previous three years of his career. So targets are all there, fine. What isn't there, though, is the receptions due to the low catch percentage. It's a career low, actually, at 45.2% catch percentage. He's normally in the 60s. Uh, Well, what would you know, though? This Bengals offense gets its you-know-what together this past week. And Higgins has his best catch percentage of the season on about 83%. So basically, I loved T. Higgins last year. I had him on my championship winning roster. And I'm calling it the Bengals are back. This offense is back. T. Higgins is a wide receiver too again for the rest of the season. Get him in there this week, T. Higgins. Oh, and I also think the Bengals are going to beat the Bills. Regardless of whether it's a shootout or not, the Bengals are going to put up at least 30 points. You bloody love calling your shot on this show, man. All these takes that aren't even part of the set. What are you going to say next? Chet Johnson won't get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I would never say something so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, there's, they're already etching Chet Johnson's name into can, the calls at Canton. Um uh- Anyway. I just want to take this time as well to remind you guys and the listeners that uh, there is an asterisk next to Alex's championship team. There's not. <laughs> there's, there's not. I thought you were about to say there's an asterisk, asterisk next to Chet Johnson. I was like, what oh, are you no. talking about? He's first ballot. He's first ballot. There's not. Yeah. And to say, that, to say there's an asterisk is quite frankly... Um, insensitive. Insensitive, I would say. But anyway... <laughs> anyway... Um, game tears, Sharples. Talk to us about the game tears, not your bitterness over the loss in the championship last year. Talk okay. to us about the game tears this week. I won't talk about accurate Wipe away history. those tears and give us the game tears. Accurate history that definitely happened. Yeah. Anyway, moving <laughs> forward, not, not looking at the very truthful and very recent past. Um, we've got some bad <laughs> ones, um, and we've got one which might... Well, he's definitely in the contender for... Toilet Bowl, because we talked about them as, as uh, our worst teams. Raiders Giants will be headlining that. Oh, I did not even oh, know yeah. they were playing. I, wow, I, did, I yeah, forgot I they did. were playing each other. I did no. not. Oh, goodness me. There's only three late games on Red Zone as well, and that's one of them. Oh, God. No. Um, I've also got the Patriots against the Commanders there. Commanders looking like they're throwing in the towel for this season with some of their, some of their moves. And... I wasn't sure on this one, but I just think with the recent trade, Browns-Cardinals, obviously Browns are a great defence, not too much going forward. I don't know what to expect from the Cardinals. I think I just think it'll be a bit of a nothing game, really. Yeah. If you've got the Browns defence, smash player. Yes, 100%. Uh, we've got a lot in the meh category. Mm. Uh, I'll reel them off. We've got the Steelers against the Titans, Falcons-Vikings, Saints-Bears, Packers-Rams, Texans, Buccaneers, and Jets, Chargers. Yeah. The the, only real saving grace of that is seeing Chet Johnson burn up that Steelers (laughs) defence. Yeah. Um, 
just I, I would say just seem like fairly boring affairs, which to be fair, a lot of the games last week did and uh score fest everywhere, so yeah. Um, a couple in the good. I wanted to put Raven Seahawks in the great, but I couldn't just quite do it. So they're in the good, and similar to Lou with the with the way the Colts have been going recently, uh, could be a bit of a, a high scoring affair. So I've gone for the Colts Panthers, but equally it could be terrible that one. But optimistic boys, optimistic. Yeah, I like um, I like the optimism. I'm a bit lower on the Colts Panthers yeah. game, but yeah. Um, but three lovely. Lovely treats. Oh yeah, uh, in a great category. I'm sure you all know what they are, but it's the Chiefs, Dolphins, the Eagles against the Cowboys, and the yes. Bengals against the Bills. Yes, great teams, great teams, great teams. All three of the matchups, fantasy pieces, and all the matchups as well. It's exactly what you want. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and that Dolphins Chiefs game. It's can I can I just say that the Dolphins Chiefs game it's in the middle of the I afternoon? I just want to say on that the over under of that is like 51 points. I I would be betting the under on that every single day of the week. The amount of times Chiefs games this year have hit the under, plus we've spoken in the past about how these international games always tend to be a bit rubbish. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm I'm going under all day. In you know, on paper, yeah, Chiefs Dolphins looks like the game of the week, but I would I I would be looking at the under for that really. Hang on. Let me just get Oh yes, it was um it, it finished 21-16, um, Buccaneers Seahawks in Germany last year. I was wondering whether it was just a London thing, the low-scoring games, but um, the the Germany game was pretty low-scoring last year as well. Mm. Oh, well, cheers for putting yeah, it down. So I'm saying, I would, I would, I would, I would put every single penny you have on the under. Don't really do that. <laughs> yeah, don't really do that. I mean, you know. It's it's going to be nice to see Tyreek Hill and Pam Holmes on the same field again, though. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, that's going to do it. Any closing thoughts? Do not mention <laughs> in the closing thoughts section the guy that you just made up. <laughs> I didn't make anyone up. Oh, Chet Johnson. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, um, whatever. Yeah, you made up a guy before, Michael Wilson. (laughs) Of course, yeah. Damn, I started it off. Um, Closing thought, I just have a quick question for you. One word answer. Will Kirk Cousins play his next NFL game? Lou? Minnesota Vikings. Shabs. I think he's done. What? I think he's done. He's done? No. You heard it here first, everyone. I'm going to say uh, Washington Commanders, by the way. Oh. Bit of a reunion. Mm. And I know that Shanahan and the 49ers love him and I've wanted him for ages, but some of us on this podcast are still big fans of Brock Purdy. Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy... Week nine. Enjoy seeing the Cowboys stomp the Eagles. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.